Three Times Lucky by Sheila Turnage. Chapter 14. Deputy Marla. Dale went instantly famous. In fact, he's all people talked about. Dale waving from stars in Pala, his handcuffs glinting, Dale being followed out by Miss Rose, Miss Lana, and me in the Pinto, Dale being released to Miss Rose with a warning not to leave the county as if he had anywhere to go. Fame changed him. He got in the Impala a terrified kid. He stepped out a rock star. If Miss Rose hadn't already grounded him, he probably would have thrown himself a parade. His foe's suspect status had another benefit. Attila lost her power over us. With Dale in fake custody, she couldn't turn him in. I dropped a lunch bill she'd stuck me with in the mail. Meanwhile, Miss Lana grew quiet. On Saturday, she closed the cafe and hung a wreath by the door. I don't like it, I told her, polishing off my cereal. If the colonel comes home and sees that wreath, it'll scare him crazy. She looked it from the paper spread across our table, kitchen table. NPR hummed in the background. There's nothing wrong with the world taking note when a person dies, sugar, she said. Besides, I can't write a eulogy while I'm feeding everybody in town, and I need my beauty rest. We'd be center stage at the funeral tomorrow. How's the eulogy going? I asked, peeking at her paper. It looked like my autobiography. False starts, scribble-throughs, cross-outs. Slow, she admitted. At the moment, I'm listing things Jesse taught me. You might like to do the same. Sounds good, I said. I'll be sure to do that. I hovered until she looked up again. She laid her pen down, glanced at the clock, and took a deep breath. Her face was drawn and her hands looked sli- shook slightly. I recognized the symptoms. Homework anxiety. Next, she would crave salty foods, then chocolate. Miss Lana, have you heard from the colonel? No, I haven't heard from him yet, Mo. she said, ironing the sharp out of her voice. But today's just his second day away. But you'd think with a killer on the loose. Let's not worry unless there's something to worry about, she smiled. I wonder if you'd do me a favor. Priscilla Retzel has offered to arrange flowers for Jesse's service. I told her we drops some glads by. My mouth went dry. Please, God, not another road trip. The Underbird hasn't recovered from our last drive, I told her. Lavender still got it. Besides, star Joe Starr hangs around Miss Retzel like a fly around sugar. If he sees you driving, you'll be living with Dale's people in the slammer. She laughed. I've sworn off driving, Mo, she said. I have no flair. But I cut a basket of glads for Priscilla this morning. Could you take them to her? They're on the porch. Me? Visit a teacher? The tips of my fingers and toes tingled. Miss Lacey Thornton will be by in a few minutes on her morning walk, she said. You could walk with her. That's another thing about small town. Everybody knows everybody's schedule. We spin around each other like planets around an invisible sun. Yes, ma'am, I sighed. Great. I'll let Priscilla know you're coming. I rinsed my cereal bowl as the radio announcer's voice whispered across the airwaves. The first hurricane of the season's barreling across the Atlantic. Amy, they're calling her. Let's hope she spins herself out to sea. And now, Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata, written when Ludwig was 31 years old. Turn that radio off, would you, sugar? She said. NBR is too chatty this morning. I clicked it off and headed for the door. A short time later, Miss Retzel stepped out on her front porch. A trellis dappled the soft light. Morning, Mo, she said. I hope you're well. Aren't those gladiolas beautiful? She continued, smiling. Let's get them in some water. I stepped into the teacher's lair and waited for my eyes to adjust. To my surprise, her living room looked nothing at all like home room. Wicker chairs and a love seat sat angled around a quiet oriental carpet, and a ceiling fan swiped lazily from her high, white ceiling. As she took my basket, something stirred in the corner by a large fern. Mo, this is Deputy Marla Everett. Miss Fretzel said, heading for the kitchen. 
Marla, this is one of my best students, Mo LeBeau. One of her best students? I felt a surge of confidence. Deputy Marla leaned into the light, her gray eyes flickering over me. She swept her short, dark hair up. Detective Mo LeBeau, I believe, she said, a smile softening her broad face. How are you today? Fine, I said, giving her a sophisticated nod. I hope you are. She sat forward to take a coffee cup from the table. For Cynthia swayed outside the window, sending a mosaic of faint shadows across her face in coarse linen blouse. Can I get you something, Mo? Miss Retzel called from the kitchen. A glass of lemonade? I just made a pitcher. Thank you, I said, taking a seat. It's hotter than the devil's curling iron out there. Deputy Marla sipped her coffee. Joe says you bagged the murder weapon for me, I told her. Thanks. Who said that? Miss Retzel said, strolling in two tall glasses of lemonade. Detective Joe Stark, I said quickly. That's what I meant to say anyway. She handed me a napkin and sat down. I hesitated and then draped the napkin over my knee. When Miss Retzel put hers on the side table and set her glass on it, I smoothly followed suit. I looked around the room. Nice house, I told Miss Retzel. Dale's not going to believe you let me in here. She smiled. I'm glad you like it, Mo, she said. I see you got cable. I leaned slightly trying to look down the hall. Where are your encyclopedias? I know you got some. Upstairs, she said. Mo, Deputy Marley was telling me about her work. You might find it interesting. She handles Detective Starr's communications and does field work, too. The deputy sipped her coffee. As I was saying, I primarily help with homicides, she said, but we handle other cases. Robberies, forgeries, abductions, even missing persons now and then, if things are super slow. Missing persons? The words jumped me like a bobcat. Really? Miss Retzel said, tilting her head. Joe never mentioned that. It's rare, she said. We're usually busy with other things. It's great when a missing person case works out and you can reunite a family, but it can be tough when things don't go well, especially when a kid's involved. I spit an ice cube back into my glass. You ever look into cold cases? She smiled, her eyes glinting. I'm afraid not, she said. She rose up tall and slender. I wish we had time for them. Her sandals whispered across the floor. Pris, I've got to go, but I should be back before dark. Miss Retzel nodded. Must be tough working weekends. She shrugged. I might as well. There's nobody waiting at home. She glanced at me. Mo, would you like a ride? Before I could answer, Miss Retzel stood up. Don't worry about it, Marla. I'm going by Mo's on my way to the church, she said. I'll give her a lift. See you at the funeral then, Deputy Marla told me and disappeared. Poor Miss Retzel, I thought as the deputy drove away. Only two roads in town. She doesn't know which one leads to the cafe and which one to the church. She's direction impaired, I thought. Wait until I tell Dale.